Okay. That was awesome. Great time of worship. Let me do some business here real quick with you guys. It's important. I want to get really, as a body of believers, I want to get back into this more and more. We did it for a few years, and then we got super COVID, tried to shut us down. And, you know, you're constantly, I don't know about you, but leadership in your home or ministry or business, you're constantly... Um, you have to constantly stay focused on the vision that God gives you. And so you have to re-look at it, write down your notes. You got to continue to look at him. Like the reason why that we stray from Jesus is we take our eyes off of him. That's quite, that is just the truest statement ever. And we'll, for some it's, we begin to look at, um, yeah, kids can go to children's ministry if you want. That's where Paul's heading. He's heading it up today. So what happens sometimes is, we can take our eyes off of Jesus and put it on church. You see what I'm saying? Like we could take our eyes off of Jesus and put it on church, like religion, like what we're doing instead of Jesus. And so when that happens, you begin to, it doesn't seem like you're that far off, but you're far off because you take a degree off and then you start walking down that and you think you're on the right path. But when you finally stop and look, you're a mile away from your objective because you took a straight line, you just took a straight line on something that you were looking at, not at the, at the target that you were supposed to. And so during COVID time, you know, we all, all of us had to feel the brunt of the lies that were spoken to us. You know what I mean? It, honestly, we're at a point now where all of it, it, none of it is conspiracy anymore. Now it's all truth. And we can, those of us that were saying it and we're getting lambasted on it on Facebook and all that, the truth is so overwhelming now that it was, Like even now they're trying to go, oh, with all these, it's just as crazy to me. But during that time, you know, we had to focus on how are we going to continue to keep Jesus number one for everyone here? And so how do we work to keep the church open? How do we do that? But up to that point, you know, we were big on outreach. We were out in the community all the time doing sports outreach down at the seafront. We were doing all kinds of stuff. We'd go around the country. And so I told Lisa a couple weeks ago, when I was away, just praying, talking to the Lord, I said, man, we have to get back to that, where we give the opportunity, and this is very important for our voice to be heard, not Boneville's voice to be heard, but our voice that God speaks through us to a world that's hurting. So the reason why I bring that up is this coming week, Lisa has more details than me, I'm still working it out. Um, is I'm heading up to work out some details today, but we're going to go up to San Pedro. And as you know, this coming week starts Lobster Fest. And there's going to be people that come in all over the world, Belizeans that go up there and just party. Fine, party. I don't care. You know my stance on that. When I have a beer, I have a beer. I don't care. But here's the deal that we know with party. Some people are going to party to have a good time and enjoy What God tells us to do is enjoy the creation that he's given us to enjoy. Enjoy the food. I mean, golly, lobster is good. It tastes nice, right? Enjoy it, okay? We are supposed to enjoy the fruits of our labor. We're supposed to enjoy the goodness of this earth and go, man, look how good it is what God gave us to do. The issue is in those situations, there's so many people that are using that as a medication for the pain in their life. And we know that the pain, the antidote for the pain is Jesus. So we're going up, we're gonna have two teams that go up. Um, We're paying for 
the boat ride over and all that for people. I think, and we're figuring out the housing right now. We're trying to figure out, and even it's so important to Lisa and I, even our personal budget. We're trying to figure out how we can put housing together. So the boat's gonna, the first boat's gonna leave like on the fourth from the city. Um, we're trying to figure out if we can do transportation. I don't know if we can, but the first boat leaves the fourth, and it, you'll be up there like the fourth, fifth, and come back on the sixth or seventh. I'm not sure but we'll have rotations. We're having a prayer booth set up. We're gonna do treasure hunts. People can go out and pray for people. You can be sitting at the booth. People can come pray for you, you know, and then you'll have hours where you can just go eat and do what you wanna do and kick back and enjoy that. And then we'll have like sessions. And then that boat will come back with people. If you choose to stay, you can stay, but you gotta know you gotta have money for food, different stuff like that. We're, but then the second boat, I believe, goes up on the seventh and comes back like on the 10th or something like that. And so we'll have a next set that will go up and pray with us. We encourage you, there's sign-up sheets. I know that Corny and Angie and some other groups were putting it out there, but I have this sign-up here um, that you guys can sign up for that and get more details with your phone number so Lisa can call you or Kat or whoever's here that's gonna do that. I would encourage you to do it, honestly. I mean, it is an opportunity for us to pray with people that are hurting. Okay, and so um, I'm pretty stoked about doing things like that. You know, when we get the ones down in PG, we're gonna set up the booth already. We've got some banners set up and we're gonna start doing it. You guys may know of events that you wanna go to. And you may say to me, hey, I wanna do a prayer booth. And we'll say, okay, well, here's the tent. Here's the banner. You take two or three of your people and let's start doing it. Listen, I just wanna know about it. I don't wanna control it. I'm so sick of churches that do that. Everything has to be controlled and mastermind. Jesus is our mastermind. Jesus is the controller. And so if it's a good idea and you go, okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's put that, let's represent Jesus very well with what we do. So I wanted to put that out there. Also, um, enough said on that. Let's get signed up and let's get it full. You can fill this out today. Also last night, uh, I know of an organization, I'm waiting for the details of what went on, and um, there was a big rescue last night in a country in South America of women and children that had been being trafficked, and so it was a big one. I'm waiting on details uh, for that right now to find out how many were actually rescued out of that Travis. That, it's just, it's freaking gross, and the world is more consumed with... Um, imploding submarines and scandalous affairs and stuff than we are about human beings, our daughters, our sons, our families being trafficked. We're more concerned with that. It takes me back to, I could go on a rant on it, it takes me back to, um, this is not new, but it takes me back to Joseph. You know, Joseph, we, we highlight the, the selling of jo jo Joseph was a product. I want you to get this. You, you must understand that Jesus knows our pain. Joseph in the scripture is a type of Christ. I want you to look at this. Everything points to Jesus in the Bible. Everything. And I want you to see this picture. Joseph was, a, was human trafficked. Would you grasp that for a minute? He was bought... He was sold and bought and sold in human trafficking by his own family. 
This is not new, but it's criminal. And it was criminal then, and it's criminal now. Most people don't know this, but even the, the ones that bought, so his brothers threw him in and sold him, correct? Do you know who bought him? His cousins. So when we look at this, it's a travesty. Praise God that, that the church is beginning to rise up and say enough is enough. If the governments won't do anything, we will. If the governments won't, we will. And so it's amazing that a group of Christian men um, are out after it. So continue and pray for that. and We'll fight for those. And so it's just amazing. Um, as we are in 2 Peter, finishing up chapter 1, at verse 12, we're going to address some things in chapter 1 and verse 2 that can be very uncomfortable, and then I'm going to address something that we, that has attacked the church, and we bought into the lies. We've been programmed by the world to think this way, okay? So here's, before I, I want to preface this as we go into this today, into today's message. If I'm, if you're reading the Bible, and it seems counterculture to you, if it feels like, oh my gosh, can we do that? Know this, that is your first warning sign that you have been programmed and you have been, uh, what's that word that they do, uh, my gosh, groomed by a media and governments against God. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a truth. You know, sometimes I'll go, man, I don't know if I can say that. And then I realize, why can't I say that? Well, society says you can't say that, but God says I can well, society says it's bad, but God says it's good. We have to reprogram ourselves and our kids. You know, I was watching something earlier today with Kanye, and uh, before he kind of went, and I wonder, you know, if, if he's really as bad as people say he is, honestly. But there was something that when he went on, he was speaking at a church, and he said, listen, this is like 2016. He went to a church, he says, you people have no idea what the media and Hollywood is doing to your kids. They're putting images on social media and on the TV programs and the music videos that the adult mind, I, won't pick up, but the child's eye will. He says they have psychologists, they've hired these people to program your children, to make them submissive to the message. Now, some people go, that is so conspiracy theorist. Yeah. In 2020, it was all conspiracy too, right? It was all a conspiracy. Listen, listen, it's so crazy. It's not a conspiracy anymore. We actually know that this is what they're doing. I can remember the human trafficking side of it, like the emojis on your Facebook pages that Zuckerberg knew about. The pizza, the slices of pizza. It's just an innocent emoji but you were putting what you want on that pizza and the right people were delivering children to you. Like if you wanted sausage on that pizza, it would be an Italian child. If you wanted peppers on it, it would be a Hispanic child. If you wanted, this is what they were doing. And it was all conspiracy until it wasn't. And now Hollywood is starting to speak out against it. Mel Gibson and those Jim Caviezel are coming together. There's supposed to be a huge podcast tomorrow on the, uh, I forget the guy's first name, but the Ryan Show. He's not a Christian guy, so you will hear the F-bomb drop, but he is interviewing, um, interviewing Jim Caviezel, and they're going to name names. They're naming names. So 
It, it is horrific. And guys, so that you know, you all heard of Epstein Island? You ever heard of Epstein Island? It's a sex island in the Caribbean. Jeffrey Epstein ran. The Clintons were a part of it. The Obamas were a part of it. Leaders from here were a part. There's all over the world, and they would go have sex with minors. It's huge. It was huge in America, right? Let me tell you this. Um, there's more than one Epstein Island. We've closed down Epstein Island, but there's more than one Epstein Island. Okay? Just so that you know. And in the end of days, we're looking further away from that, and we're looking at things that make no sense to us. Like we're consumed with him, not even him, you, they, thou. Think about our verbiage. Did you realize that in Oregon this week, three young children went missing by the sea? Do you know how the woke, and woke is merely communism. I'm just going to tell you right now is what it is. It's a way that's be programmed, but it's a term of it. But you know how they, they didn't say three little boys are missing. They said, he, them, they are missing. Man, I'd be looking for the mayor. As a dad, I'd be going after that sucker. Me and him, we'd be having a face-to-face -face conversation. And I would probably be in jail. Because him and I, he'd be tasting me, if you know what I'm talking about. Knuckle sandwich. Those are my sons. They are boys, and they are human beings. They are not objects to be politically moved on your chessboard, you scumbag. Peter warned us of this, and for years and years we've looked away, and now we've become so accustomed to everything that, that the world feeds us that this seems backwards to us, and now we're at a battle of it. Like, you need the next iPhone. You need the next Samsung. You need this. You need this. You need a Tesla. In America, it's illegal and it's criminal because you're killing the environment if you dig for coal. But it's okay for me to dig for nickel, for platinum, erodium. Oh, what is that? What is that called? Erodium? Aronium, all those precious metals to make, that can destroy the earth so I can have an electric car that we can't even power. There's not enough energy sources. And so how they're going to power the cars is they have to build huge generator systems that are run off diesel fuel and coal to generate electricity so you can plug your car in to drive it. It, it. This is what we've been focused on now. And yet, people around us are dying and going to hell. We hold the truth of life. We hold life within our tongues. We're afraid to say something because it might be offensive. I don't want to be offensive. Listen to this. In, first, in 2 Peter chapter, two, chapter 1, verse 12. 
Therefore, I always remind you about the things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live, for the Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I am gone. I opened up with letting you know this statement. We have to redirect our lives always and look back at Jesus. We can't control the circumstances around us. We honestly can't because other people get a a vote. They get choices. They have free will. But what we can control is what we look at and what we focus on. That's what we can control. I don't want to be in the department of controlling you, okay? That's a hard business for me to do because it's very difficult for me to control me, okay? So here's what I want to say. It is good It is good for us as a body of believers, followers of Jesus, to remind ourselves of truth always. Constantly remind yourself of truth. It's okay to do that. It's okay to remind yourself over and over of the truth who is Jesus Christ, the way to live, which is Jesus Christ. Okay? I've said this before, and I've said it, I've said it all my years of ministry, that look, I love the church. But the church is not salvation. Jesus Christ and the work of the cross and the shedding of his blood is by our acknowledgement and our following in him is our salvation. He holds the keys to life and death. He. So I've said this often. If as a church I ever preach anything that would move you from Jesus closer to the building... I am in error. It's not his fault. We're going to hit that. Peter's going to hit that in a moment. Well, how do we constantly know if that's happening? By truth. It's a reminder of truth that you constantly remind yourself of the truth who is Jesus Christ and fall passionately in love with him. Not religious. Don't be religious. Religiosity will kill you. It'll turn you into a legalistic fool. So what will happen is, though, I will hold on to truth, which will drive me closer to Jesus, and I'll have fun with him. I'll talk to him and be a kook in public. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor. Listen, this is important. If you, I, write, I always highlight my Bible. My Bible, listen, I'm going to give something to you for parents and all you growing up. I highlight and write notes in my Bible all the time. And my kids, this will be, when I get done with this one, one of this, this will go to either one of my kids or to my grandkids. Both my daughters have a Bible of mine that has all my notes in it, scribbles. I want them to know when they look through the Bible of their dad that it is scribbled and worn out and they can read what I was thinking in the notes that I've highlighted that their papa was following Jesus. Understand? It's a good habit to get into. God will make sure you get another Bible. Write it for your kids. Write your thoughts in there. Highlight, underline stuff. Okay? So majestic splendor with your own eyes, right? With our own eyes, he wrote, but with yours. When we received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard this voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. 
Guys, when we see miracles, we get a glimpse of the majestic splendor that Paul and the apostles saw when they saw Jesus face to face on this earth. Do you understand that? I don't seek and follow and chase signs and wonders. I seek Jesus Christ and enjoy the splendor and the signs and wonders of his Holy Spirit. Do you see how important that is? You and I can see the splendor, the majesty of Jesus if we see the miracles. One of the greatest miracles you'll ever see is when you talk about Jesus Christ to somebody and they give their faith to him. It is the most majestic thing you'll ever see. And people go, I don't know, I don't know. I'm like, man, you need to start talking more because it's the reality of it. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in this message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in the dark. Until the day dawns and Christ and the morning star shines in your hearts, above all, you must realize no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, the prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they spoke from God. We never in the history of mankind are more in need of the Bible and the prophetic words of the Bible because we live in a dark hour. And the darkness, in the darkness, when light, when a candle is lit, it'll light up a whole room. And so we right now need the words of the prophets of the past. And I know some people go, the Old Testament has passed away, but not the truth of it. Yesterday has passed away, but not the truth of yesterday. Do you understand what I'm saying? And yesterday is New Testament. <laughs> it's funny to me how we can justify stuff so we can move a denominational view forward. <laughs> like, I want to just be in the truth with Jesus. So the truth of the prophets is the truth of today. If it was not truth then, it's not truth now. It cannot be. You see, here's the deal. When you are dealing with prophetic words or prophecy, this is very important. We as a church are very big on prophecy and the prophetic word. You hung around with Lisa enough, but you've got to understand, is the prophetic word for the advancement of man or the advancement of the kingdom of heaven? If a prophetic word or a prophecy moves you away from love of the church, when I'm talking about church, I'm talking about us, not a building. If it moves you away from the love of the church, if it moves you away from Jesus in pursuit of something, if it moves you to something like this, there's a list of these things. If it, if it moves you from them, right? And it, and it takes, it puts you into you compromising moral situation. It's not from the Lord. It can't be. It cannot be. Prophetic words. And let me tell you, there's people that come in all the time. I've heard them here. They got these prophetic words. I've had people, I've had true prophetic words spoken over me, and I've had true false prophetic words spoken over me. And what I mean is I've had these people come in in a group of people, and they start prophesying about Pastor John. They're not really prophesying. They're just saying what I do. <laughs> That's not a prophetic word. Well, of course you know what I do here. <laughs> That's not prophecy. You will have a ministry in the jungle. Oh, I already have a ministry in the jungle. People will come from outside of, of Belize to come to your church. Yeah, that, that's already, you already, you're witnessing of that. We, what? That's not a prophetic word. That's a statement of what's happening. 
a prophetic word was before we left America and someone said to me prophetically over me, John, you will, you will reach nations. You will leave the earth, that, the soil that you were born on and go to other soils and you will change the hearts of nations. You will, be, you will impact people's lives in other nations. You'll be in dangerous situations and walk out unscathed as Daniel walked out of the line. That, and now when we see it happen, I go, oh, now that's a prophetic word come to pass because it, none of that was obvious, right? I see that you'll be preaching on Sundays. Sounds good to the hearers, but we laugh at it because we're like, well, duh, that's not prophecy. Prophecy is something that is glorifying Jesus and pointing Jesus as number one. Prophetic words may turn you from an evil path to the right path, right? I spoke prophetically over a guy one time. I said, hey, you have a choice. God is saying that he wants you to come here and come to this. But if you move to this direction, you have to be very careful with this. Lisa talk about in KSSM. But God told me to tell the guy. And so I told him, I said, God is drawing you to him. He wants you. He wants to nurture you and love you back. This isn't who you were created to be. But if you go this way, you'll die a horrible death. And I went through and named what would happen. And he died that way. It was prophetic. So much so that the police came and visited me because he had shared it with somebody else. And the police came and said, whoa, how did you know that? I was out of country at the time. God is so good, right? And I said, the Lord, the Lord told me. It's like, whoa, that's prophecy. You see what I'm saying? One is for the advancement of the kingdom of heaven and one is for the advancement of mankind. That's why Peter wrote, it's not for private interpretation. I always crack up when these dudes go, God told me and it's mine. I'm going to share it with you, but I'm really the only one that understands. It's like, good Lord, man. You have my permission. I know you don't need my permission, but if you're going to a church like that, you have my permission to run away and run away fast, right? In chapter two, we take a different direction here. And this is, this is not, this chapter is not politically correct in our today's world. It is heavenly correct. It is not woke in any means. If you want to know, guys, what's happening in our world today, it, it, it's, it's, a slow, it's a slow fade, guys. It's like frogs in a boiling pot of water. And we just sat in there and go, man, water feels good. Water feels good. Here's what Peter says about false teachers. I mean, and I'm telling you, speaking to me honestly you know it was my prayer this morning like hey god i want to make sure that what i say is the truth of you i don't ever want to be one of those dudes i've served under horrific pastors and i've served served under good pastors i've worked for tyrants of bosses and i've served under good bosses it it frightens me to be that person you know what I'm saying? It's frightening that someone would use the Lord for that gain. It's like, my gosh, it's frightening. But there were also false prophets. There are also false prophets in Israel. Just as there will be false teachers among you. This is it, guys. There will be false teachers in our world today. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies. 
Let me read to you what a heresy is. A heresy is ah in in the in the Greek is hahi re res is. Well, how you say that, right? And here's what it means. It means to choose. Heresy? This is scary for those who want to speak heresy. Because it means to choose. It's an exercise of your free will to choose evil over good. That's what a heresy is. And here's what it is. It denoted making a choice of having an option. Progressing to having a preference because of an opinion or a sentiment. It easily slipped into a mode of disunity, choosing sides, having diversity of belief, creating dissension, and substituting self-willed opinions for submission of the truth. The dominant use in the New Testament is to uh, signify sex, people for professing opinions independent of the truth. What does that sound like in our world today? Our politicians are pushing this. It's heresies, partial truths. What makes, what's comfortable for you and me? I have some alarming, I was in a phone call last night and I have alarming information, alarming of what is happening in the Americas. And it comes from a meeting and I cannot say what country, but it comes from the meeting of a person that was in a meeting with the highest up in that country. It's not Belize, it's in another country in the Americas where they are using certain organizations to funnel money through to affect the, the elections of those countries to put people into place to promote their own agenda for one world power. And they are using organizations. They're not using government organizations. They're using NGOs. And world powers are funneling money through, and they're not Christian organizations. You can only guess what I'm talking about in the organizations with the biggest agendas being pushed, can't you? I have to be very careful what I'm telling you, but this is truth. When we look at what bills are trying to be passed and forced upon you, you think about it for a moment. Suddenly you go, oh my gosh. All the laws and bills before us have always been to protect the people around us, even with their, even with, with their views and their choice of lifestyle, they've been protected. But isn't it suddenly a funny thing now? that they are taking our rights away and trying to pass bills that would remove our rights that we have given and fought for for them. Hmm. That's how you know they're evil and sinful. It's heresy. Pastors are preaching it. I said last week from the pulpit, and I'll say it again, one of the fastest growing churches in America is run by a gay man. And the people love it. Their church is filled not with gays and homosexuals. It's filled with husbands and wives. Yeah, that's right. They have rights too. Yeah, we're loving. 
Jesus is loving. Yes, he is loving. I love you too, but it doesn't mean it's right. Right? Because you're pissed at someone, I can love you and you could still kill somebody. Doesn't make what you do right. This is what we're up against. This is what, and it's becoming to such a crescendo that it used to be these little things that we were sidetracked with, that now we're just hiding it. We don't even care anymore. Here's something that bothers me. I'll talk to people about corruption in government, and the typical response 95% of the time is this, all governments are corrupt. 95% of the time, people will just go, oh, all government. That's you. You won't speak up because you have succumbed to the suppression of a small minority that is telling you what to do. I have become that because we won't use the most powerful thing we have, our voice. Do you know there's no racism amongst billionaires? Do you know that? One billionaire sees another billionaire, he could care less what color skin you have. Why? Because you're both billionaires. They're not racist. Do you know what they pay money to? George Soros? To put these politically correct judges in place in America? To fund, this is not a, it's no longer conspiracy. To fund the human caravans from Central and South America to the border? You know who's funding that? Some billionaire out of America that lives in a gated community with armed guards. And why is he doing it? To create racism and division because if the poor people are fighting with each other and the poor people are pointing out the color of skin, they keep all the money. They keep all the power. And they know that the population of the world, if we turn our eyes to Jesus, these problems go away. You think I'm lying? Look at the story of Jonah. We're going to get there in a moment. Nineveh was about to be destroyed. And God saved it and reversed it because the entire city, which was a world power, turned their hearts to God and he gave them a whole nother 120 years. These people know that. And they fund division. So little people that fight, let governments do stuff. I would rather have an uneducated 18-year-old be the prime minister of this country than a that loves Jesus than a politically motivated, self-powerful wimp that has nothing but his own personal family self-interest in place. I would rather have an 18-year-old who loves this nation and the people of this nation making decisions, because at least if they're wrong, I'll know they're for the right. But we won't speak up. We'll take and elect people that have been educated by the same universities that are trying to tell you to let your kid determine what his sex is. Because that's what intelligent people do. 
Smart people do that because you really don't know. This is, seriously, guys, this is what is happening here. And what scares me the most is now it's happening from the pulpits, where before we knew where it was coming from because we knew these heresies were coming from the outside, assaulting the body of believers, the followers of Christ. Now it's happening within the church. Churches are doing the same thing, creating division. Notice this. I've never seen this in the church before at this large scale, where the church, the body of believers, is divided with one another on abortion, if you are a follower of Jesus, you should be opposed to abortion all the way. That is a human life. I don't care. I realize it was gross and horrific if a person was raped. I realize that. I, I get it. But it's still a life. Psalm 137 or 139 says, I formed you in your mother's womb. Out of that horrible, atrocious sin could come the cure for AIDS. Do we understand this? Do you, the cure for cancer, I believe, has been aborted. The cure for AIDS has been aborted. We beg God for cures, cures for horrific diseases, and then we abort them. Why? Because God loves to partner with his people and his creation. And so he goes into a mother's womb and he knits it no matter what the circumstances of that life, how that life was created. And he, he changes because he takes that which was meant for evil and bad and he makes it for good. And then we abort it and we justify it and we say our opinion, like what I just wrote you, is greater than truth. My truth. That's my truth. When someone says that to me, I just stop talking to them. I, honestly, I've come to a point where I just look at them and go, okay. Your truth. My truth is, there's a big dinosaur in those trees. You can't tell me different. I'm going to start a reserve here. I am an ecological reserve to save the dinosaurs at Machaca. Because I know they're, I hear them. John, there's no proof. I've seen them. Don't tell me the truth. My truth. I'd probably get billions of dollars from the world. This would be a sanctuary for dinosaurs. <laughs> Honestly, this, we laugh because we know it's true. This is what we become. But what's scary is now it's happening in the church. And the church is dividing itself with abortion, with homosexuality. Well, Jesus loves the homosexual, true. Yeah, that's a true statement. He does. He certainly does. But he does not condone their lifestyle. And he says those that choose that will, can, will choose another place outside of heaven to live for eternity. You cannot deny that. Just like murderers, thieves, and you've heard me say cowards. I'm going to address that in a minute. The number one person that doesn't get into heaven in Revelation chapter 21 is cowards. Not the homosexual, not the liars, not the murderers. It's cowards. I'm going to talk to you in a moment about that. It's scary. It's biblical. He says, and even deny the master who, who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. There's no greater suicide rate than in the LGBTQ community. Did you know that? 
And you know where most domestic violence takes place? In the LGBTQ community. What do they tell you? They will tell you it's always the husband, right? Men are the problems with domestic violence, and that's the problem with, in, in Belize, correct? But you know there's a higher statistically, globally, domestic violence in the gay community than there is in the heterosexual community. Suicide rate is higher. I don't make, I'm not making this up, and it's not because I don't love them. I love them. I said it last week. I love people. I, will, I don't care <clears throat> your lifestyle. I will die for you. In defense of you, I will die for you. Why? Because Jesus did. I will do what my father did. I will say what my father said. But I don't have to condone your lifestyle. I can save you and then call you an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're an idiot. I love you. I saved you. Now change your life, goofball. Took a bullet for you. This is, but they like to say, oh, no. Pastor John, he hates people. Have you heard me say one thing about hatred of any, from anyone here, even online? Have you heard me say that I hate? Nope. But they will twist it and say, he's a hate monger. He's racist. He's anti this. Yeah, I'm anti-sin. Why? Because sin has destroyed so many good things in my life that I don't want it to destroy things in your life nor in theirs. Okay? So let's just get it right. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. Speaks a lot like today of what's happening in our churches today. Even with the money, chase the money, chase the money, chase the money. Good God, man, money's going to go away. Honestly, just look at what's happening globally. Right? Right now, people could give a rat's behind about money in Ukraine. They just want food. Standing in bread lines just to give food. They're letting somebody else worry about the money. Right? Kids are having a good time. And because these teachers, because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. Did you hear that? This book was written thousands of years ago, this letter to us. Because of their teaching, the way of truth will be slandered. I get slandered for speaking the truth. The very people you should surround yourself are the people that really try to go truth, truth, not opinion, truth. I share this with people around me all the time. I share it with people in leadership positions. I'll go, listen, you have to be very careful when you ask somebody something. Are you asking them? I'll say this. If someone asks me a question, I've had this conversation with Paul. I'll say, Paul, are you asking for my opinion or my advice? Because they're two vastly different things. My opinion is what I think about something that I really have no experience with. That's my opinion. My advice is something that I've gone through that I can give to you on how I made it through it, the pitfalls and the joys. See the difference? But we will have, oh, what's your opinion on it? I'm gonna have this guy's a smart guy, I'm gonna have your opinion. What if the dude's a pedophile? Most laws are written today with a loophole in it. Every law in Belize has a loophole, has a way for someone to get out of it. And typically, it's a politician. <laughs> all NGOs, MPOs, all this, you fall under these new rules, blah, blah, except for politicians. Wait, wait, wait a second. We're all nonprofits, right? You see what I'm saying? There's loopholes in it. It's because they got people of opinions 
not people of advice. Because if you had a true person of advice that could speak of truth would say, are we actually writing, or do we really want a law that eliminates this crime? If we do, there's no loopholes. Simply put, you shoot somebody in the face, it's the death penalty. There is no loopholes, right? You do the whole investigation. Why do they do it? Well, the person was mad that that person had a car that they had and said a bad word to them, so the person shot them. It's different than self-defense. Oh, there's loopholes. Now the person get off. Well, it was his childhood, and he had a rough upbringing, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. So there's a billion other people that had a worse upbringing than them that never murdered anybody. You see what I'm saying? How about this loophole? You ready for one in our own country? That chick, I don't care what she was doing. She's criminal. She shot that. I don't, I don't know the whole story, but here's what I do know, the end result. <laughs> the law is stupid. She shot and killed a police officer, bullet in the back of the head, right? Socialite, Ashcroft's daughter-in-law, right? Right? She got fined $75,000? 75, 35,000 US. That's what she had to pay. Two fishermen trying to eke out a living on the island, poor fishermen, get caught with some undersized fish and some conch and whatever. They get fined $100,000. They're just trying to feed their family. Go figure, the loopholes. But the fisheries, and those guys can go take as much as they want because it's for, well, we've got to be able to examine, investigate, and do all. Oh, so what's the difference? You see what I'm saying? There's loopholes for everything. If it's bad for one, it should be bad for all. This is what I'm talking about. The way of truth is to be slandered. I have my watch. Okay. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. Think about that. How many churches you been to? You want to get saved? Give me your money. God loves a cheerful giver as long as it's over $100 each. Right? God's not happy if you only put a penny in there. God's really happy when you put a thousand in there. No, you know who's happy? The pastor's happy. Or whoever the church accountant is. Jesus said the widow's mite did more for the kingdom than the millionaire's million. It's a position of the heart. He says this, and doesn't, it's not an excuse not to give. We need to give. Guys, I'm saying we need, it's how we fund outreaches. It's how we help the poor. It's how we help people who have no justice to get them justice. So we should be generous givers. What I'm saying is you shouldn't be guilted into giving. Your salvation rests upon your pocketbook. So that means a millionaire has a better place in heaven than a poor mother trying to feed three kids whose husband walked out on them. She's teaching them Jesus and a full-time job. And the only thing that she can give is fruit off of a tree as an offering to her church. The millionaire is more important than her. Your teaching is jacked up and you do not belong behind the pulpit. I'm telling you. Honestly, I am overwhelmed when I see fruit on our back table. Honestly, it's because somebody came and picked of their own labor as an offering to this church. To this body for all to share that's worth more than any dollar bill ever put in there because they took what could fill their pantry 
to share it with somebody else. It's crazy. I'd go off. He says that, but God condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed. Man, I don't get the Lord, but I'm telling you, I don't want to be destructed by the Lord. I'm going to tell you the wrath of the devil would be easier for you and I to take than the wrath of God. Because the wrath, the wrath of the devil is not for eternity. Do you get it? It's temporary. The wrath of God is forever. It's like that movie, The Sandlot. Forever. It's like, ah! For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in, glo in gloomy pits of darkness where they are held um, until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and the seven um, of others of his family. I want you guys to go through this and read this. I want to hit something very important. Read through the end of chapter 3. I want to go over and I want to address a point that I was talking about earlier. Turn with me to the book of Jonah. So this week, you know, I have to go do another funeral. I'm heading up today. I have another funeral. A soldier was killed. And so um, I'm tired of funerals, man. I, it's like, let's say, I feel like they just back up on us, right? And they're young people that are dying. I, I would expect it to be old codgers, right? <laughs> Live 90 years in their home with Jesus and stuff. But now we're doing 20-year-olds funerals and stuff. And so it just weighs on me to look into the coffin of a 20-year-old. Um, in that, so there's so much to give, but I'm heading back up there, but as I was up this, this week, I was listening to some stuff, like Jack, you know, I'll listen to Jordan Peterson podcasts, and I'll listen to deep theological things, and then I'll just listen to history books, and, you know, I just, George Custer versus City, well, I love stuff like that, and then I'll listen to nonsensical news, I like, I have some podcasts I listen to that talk about real news, except you, it's, you have to put on your your, your ears have to, you can't be too religious because they drop the F-bomb a lot, you know. Check out this effing news story out of, and you're just like, whoa, but you never hear about it on the news, but it's like real news. Like, have you heard this? An entire crop of freaking something in, in uh, Nicaragua was destroyed by locusts. You don't hear that on the news. That's real news. That makes me go, what? I mean, we're not going to get cassava here? Holy cow! That's a problem. Where's all the cassava? Well, the government says there's going to be food shortages. Ah, I will obey. I will. It's like, geez, Louise. Give me the news. Well, anyhow, I was listening to some stuff, and I popped on and was listening about Jonah. And I've never looked at Jonah this way. The very first part of it was this. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh, Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Now, I have taught this because I've taught it from commentaries and I've taught all that stuff. And it's this great picture of Jesus going into the belly of a well and being redeemed and blah. And I've taught that and there's truth to that. But I want to say this as I close today. The church can no longer be silent and here's why I think we have missed the picture of Jonah. Jonah was thrown overboard because he would not speak the truth of God. And he was swallowed and taken into the depths of the sea because he would not speak the truth of salvation to a people that needed it. 
And when his prayer in chapter 2, when Jonah's prayer was received and he apologized for not speaking the truth and that he would go, he now becomes a picture of redemptive man who was spit out up onto a beach that still argued with God but went to the king of Nineveh and he spoke the truth of God. He spoke the salvation message. He spoke of the wrongs of sin, the evils of sin, and the goodness of Yahweh. And the entire city tore their clothes, threw dust on themselves, repented, and asked God for forgiveness, and God gave them 120 years I propose to you that we have taken this story and we missed the main point. The main point that God is trying to tell you and I, and the reason why I believe a lot of us are in trouble, sometimes it's as if we're swallowed up and no one hears us because we refuse to speak the truth of God and God has asked you to do it. And we've been swallowed up and our world now is a reflection of a silent body of followers. We're more concerned with what they can do to us than what God could do for them. That proves no love in your heart. Guys, I, the older I get, the more that I see what God has called me into, I don't give a rat's ass anymore. I want people to know Jesus Christ as their Savior the truth and hope that comes. And we need to open our mouths and speak the goodness of God. That's why you hear me every week, go celebrate this week. If you have a small victory, celebrate. It will boggle your neighbor's mind. Why are you laughing, you're poor? Because I have a half a chicken. But you don't have a whole chicken. I know I have a half a chicken. And my friend's coming over with with some vegetables with my half a chicken. Why are you doing that? Because we're celebrating, because this morning we had no chicken. So we're celebrating Jesus. People will look at you like you're crazy, but I guarantee you they will listen to your message. It's time for the church at home. It's time to just quit. We're babies. The church has become a bunch of crybabies. I might lose my money. I might lose my job. I might lose this. I might lose that. You know what scares me to death? I've done this since the time I got in ministry. One of my greatest fears in ministry is I know I'll be in the back of the line. I know I'll be in the back of the line in heaven. I will be. It's all, there's going to be a whole lot of other people going in before me. I'm just glad to get in. But you know what frightens me the most? And I know it's not going to happen like this, but I see this played out in my mind. What frightens me the most is to have someone pass by me on the way to hell and say, how come you never told me? John, you said you loved me and you never said a word. You said you were a friend of mine and you never said a word about this Jesus. I know it doesn't happen that way. God is not cruel. But in my mind, I played out, God, I don't want to be standing in line and have faces walk by me that I never said anything to. I want to be bold, courageous, my family will tell you, I pray, Phil, may the depth of your reservoirs be filled with courage and joy. Lord, give me the courage you gave Benaiah. Give me the courage you gave David. 
Lord Jesus, give me the courage you yourself gave yourself to carry my cross. Do you realize he carried your cross, not his? He carried yours. Give me the courage to proclaim that, even if it's, hey man, Jesus loves you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been in government meetings where I stand up to pray and government officials walk out of the room. I'm telling you, even as a dude, it bothers me, you know, because you think, oh, crap. Because we're all human, right? Like, I'm not going to pull punches. I'm going to preach Jesus. Because that dude cannot deny, he cannot walk by me and say, you didn't talk to me about Jesus. The condition of our world is because the church has jonahed it. But the condition of our world also can be in such that we can also Jonah the world again. I believe that. What do, you, what do you say, Pastor John, what do you mean by that? We can be spit out. We can make the same prayer in Jonah chapter 2 to God. And we can begin to open our mouths and we can be spit out and people will listen to us. And we can give this earth 120 more years, so to speak, for people to come to know Jesus and worship this side of heaven, Yahweh. Are your grandkids worth it? Because they're coming after your grandkids. They're coming after your kids. Are they worth it? Are the people you don't know worth it? Are you willing to speak your voice and be laughed at in public? I'm not talking about standing on a soapbox. That's just self-proclaimed pain that you're asking for unless God tells you to do it. Don't do it because another guy does it and you think that that's the way. No, it has to be. It's like I won't ask anyone to do what I do because I know that God called me to do what I do. But I will ask you to do certain things that I do, like open your mouth and talk about Jesus. Open up your wallet and buy somebody a burrito. Tell them how much Jesus loves them. This week I was with a crazy person, honestly, a straight-up crazy person. I thought, man, this person is crazy, straight up crazy. And the only thing I said, uh, I said something like, have you ever tried the path of Jesus? Just, it sounds to me like you need to try the path of Jesus because you've tried every other path. She just rambled on and went on her own way. I was like, wow. But she can't say that I didn't say Jesus to her. Jesus. Guys, today, uh, it's, a, it's a hard message to swallow because it goes against everything the world's teaching us and a lot of churches. But it's time. Have you, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard Jonah taught like that before? We always hear that he was disobedient, and because he was a bad little boy, the rest of the people saw that he was a bad little boy, and so they threw him overboard, right? And then... And, and he begrudgingly said sorry to God. And then God spit him out because he's merciful. And then he was begrudging still. We've heard the churchy flannel graph version. I propose to you, it's because he would not speak what God told him to say. And God said, I pick you, Jonah. Now it's your choice. It's your choice, Jonah, but the consequences are yours. The consequences are yours.
Guys, just go out this week and love Jesus. Don't worry about the other stuff. It's going to take care of itself. Sign up, come up to the island, and pray for people. Go on treasure hunts. You know Miss Lisa will be up there in her crazy self having meetings and doing her stuff, and I'll be over there praying for people, doing my thing, you know. I don't do the crazy Lisa stuff. I just go buy people coffee. Hey, you want to have a cup of coffee? These people are cuckoos. Let's go get some cup of coffee. <laughs> I do that, honestly. I'll go, wow, weirdos. Want some coffee? And people go, yeah, let's go get some coffee. And then they get stuck with me in a coffee shop going, dang it, who is weirder? At least those people I was in open air and could get away. I'm stuck with you. I don't care how you do it. We've got to let our voice. This is an opportunity now for you not to say, oh, good message today. It's an actual opportunity for you to say, I'm in. I'll let my voice be heard. I'll let my voice be heard. Listen, again, as I close, the, we're getting the transportation over on the boat. I'll see if we have enough offering and stuff for maybe a couple bus runs, I'll talk to Mr. Peter if you're coming from the south. I don't know. I can't guarantee that, but I do know this. We're looking at the boat run, so you don't have to pay for the boat run back and over on our own private boat. So it's not like we have to wait at the terminal. We'll have a whole other pickup spot. Also, um, we're looking at the place to stay up there, and we're seeing if we can afford that. All right, if anyone at home wants to donate towards that, you can. We're looking at a place to donate uh, so that you don't have to worry about that. And then, uh, but you will have to do, I think, food. We've been looking at if we can afford to do one meal a day um, based on how many people. But regardless of all that, what I really want you to do is not look at the money part of it. I want you to look, I want you to listen to the voice of God part of it. It's, it's, this is a good exercise for a body of believers. It really is to say, God, are you telling me to go? If God's not telling you to go, don't, don't feel guilted to go. I don't want you to go. But if you feel like, you know, I should probably go to that, you're going to, the moment you feel like I should probably go to that, you're going to get hit with 10 reasons why you shouldn't. Honestly, well, my baby's sick. I got to do this. I've got this coming up. I got this coming up. Okay, that's between you and the Lord. But if God's telling you to go, it's a great exercise on will you hear the voice of God over the voice of the world? And we're doing as much as we can to make it feasible for you guys, okay? So, gracious Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, you're just amazing. Lord, may our mouths just proclaim your truth and your love. Lord, that we don't sugarcoat it. We just speak your love and truth. Lord, may we be the Jonas that come out of the whale, the fish, and proclaim your truth to kings. And may their hearts be changed because of your grace and your mercy. Lord, it is your kindness that drew us to redemption. Lord, the kindness that you drew us with, may we extend that to others. Lord, I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Also, guys, remember Banner Brothers uh, Guatemala is a full steam ahead. So we're heading over in the middle of this month to do the finalization of it. Pray for that. And then we've also uh, secured... The okay, we're working on the dates with some other stuff in October for Band of Brothers Blue Creek Belize up in northern Belize. So um, it's pretty, pretty awesome stuff that we're going after men. Amen? Have a great Sunday.